Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis. Valer Novels is an off-the-beaten-path translating shop with a selection of novels that have been translated from Chinese to English. Their library is filled with anything from action, adventure, comedy, fantasy, horror, military fiction, romance, science fiction, and wuxia xinxia. The platform's creator, Et Voler, or Etvo for short, came in to tell me about Voler and the Chinese web novel scene. Hi, this is Alex Lewis. You're listening to Taiwan Talk, and today I'm joined by Et Voler, or Etvo for short. Uh, how are you? I'm good. Hey, Alex, and Thanks. hey to everyone. Yeah, thank you for coming in. Uh, could you give us a little uh, background on what you do or why you're here? We're going to talk about Valer novels. Sure thing. So Valer Novels is an online Chinese to English novel translation platform. We are essentially in the form of a site, and we specialize in translating Chinese web novels from Chinese to English and make them accessible for the rest of the world and readers all over the world. Excellent. So um, when did you start this? I I guess I actually started the site back in 2015, and it was only a repository for my own translation works to begin with, so I hadn't anticipated making it the huge deal that it might be today. And then just one thing led to another. As the scene developed, as my interest developed, I started inviting other people to join me, and it's really become one of, I think, one of the most popular sites in the world these days. In the world? Mm-hmm. Wow. How much traffic do you get on the website? On a monthly basis. Last month, we just hit over 17 million page views for the month. What's the breakdown of your audience? Are they located here in Taiwan? Is it mostly in English-speaking countries? Ooh, mostly English-speaking countries, but then English is spoken pretty much all over the world these days. We have over 50% of our readership from the U.S., Canada, and Western Europe, and then a good 15% from Southeast Asia and then other countries for all the other percentages. So it's a pretty good mix. Were there any websites that you, uh, that you, that you were a patron of? Actually, probably the site that introduced me to this whole thing, it's called wuxiaworld.com. And it's a site that specifically focuses on a lot of wuxia and xianxia, which is essentially Chinese fantasy. So if you think of the dramas and movies with, you know, people fighting really cool flashy moves or if they're flying around, such as uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or uh, latest one would be Zhe Tianji. It's uh, one of the Chinese dramas that's really popular right now. So they really focus on that type of genre. And I was just randomly Googling around one day at lunch break uh, my back backgrounds in finance. So I was kind of burned out and just randomly looking up stuff and realized, wow, there's this whole online community of people who translate Chinese fantasy. And they have a lot of readers who are really interested in this as well. And it's just a really fun scene. So kind of jumped in with both feet. So after you quit your job and you weren't juggling both working in finance and translating, uh, how is your work life now? I assume you have much more free time. With all the free time. (laughs) Exactly. You'd think there's a lot of free time, but I'm actually still working from, say, 9 to 1 most days. (laughs) 9 a.m. to 1 a.m.? Yes, 1 a.m. Yeah, I still spend a lot of time working. Um, So I do a lot of translation. Uh, I currently juggle two novels. And then there's a lot of stuff to do just to, I guess, essentially run a company, whether it's people work, strategy advertising, that sort of thing. So I actually still work a lot, but I guess the biggest difference is I really enjoy my work. So what's the size of the company? You say uh, you have to run all these things and you didn't want to run it full-time and do all the management. 
Uh, so how big has the company grown to be? Mm-hmm. Or the I'm sorry, the website. Now it's grown from just me to a team of about 30-plus translators and more than 30 editors as well. And we're spread all over the world, so that makes scheduling meetings really interesting. And how do you choose uh, the novels or the manuscripts that you translate? So we mostly focus on the web novels, web novels that are being published online. So we translate solely currently off of online material. And how we choose them is very much a function of what the site focuses on. So Volare novels, Volare is Latin for fly, by the way. It's uh, So we're kind of flying into good stories. It's We focus on quirky, off-the-beaten-path novels. So take think of your classics, but with a twist on them. Uh, maybe someone reincarnated back into his younger self, but hey, he's actually not the good guy in the story. He is the bad guy. Or a girl transmigrates into ancient China. It's a very popular theme these days, but she was actually a forensic anthropologist in her past life. So, hey, now she's in ancient China. She's working with the ancient Chinese version of the police station solving crimes. So it's uh, those are kind of the off-the-beaten-path options that we go for. And it, indeed, novel discovery and choosing which novels to do, it takes a lot of time and you have to read a lot, but we strive to bring the most interesting novels to our readers. Do you maybe ask your readers for suggestions or do you ask the publishing companies like which which titles that they would want you to, to translate or anything like that? So we do actually ask the publishing companies which titles, if any, they prefer for us to translate. Given our focus and the niches that are some of our translators occupy, for instance, I have a couple guys who love science fiction, who love robotics, uh, who, who love ancient history, uh, a couple girls who really specialize in romance. They do it really well. So sometimes the publishing companies will earmark certain titles for us to do. Otherwise, if they don't have any recommendations or anything they really want us to do, then we just spend a lot of time on their website going through what looks interesting, what's hot, what's fresh, not necessarily what's most popular because what's most popular is usually very generic. So Volaire in particular, we spend a lot of time choosing which novels we want to do simply because we want it to be a little different. Okay, so what's the uh, most popular genre or comic? Hmm. The most popular one is actually one I've recently just finished. It's called Great Demon King. So it's about a guy who transmigrated from our modern 21st century into this whole strange another land filled with magic and knights and swords and sorcery. So that chronicles his rise from a nobody to actually the biggest villain in the novel. So he's the demon king. Yeah, he's not the hero who kills the demon king. He is the demon king. So that was one of the most popular ones on my site. And a lot of people enjoy it. It has very devoted fans. So this kind of sounds like manga. So I remember one summer in in college, I uh, stumbled upon One Piece manga. And this was a while back, but I read it every day kind of religiously but just for that one summer i didn't keep it up so i wanted to ask you like what's the reader retention like actually our reader behavior is kind of really similar to yours (laughs) they really we publish on a chapter by chapter basis so usually it's a chapter a day sometimes multiple so you've got people checking the site every day to see if there are updates and about 80 percent i'd say of our readers of our visitors are repeat readers so there's a very loyal audience and they're always they i guess consume it (laughs) religiously almost as well i noticed you guys have a blog as well and you guys talk about everything from how to talk to women was was one post to like plan obsolescence or like, you know, like things 
made to be to break down. That's actually you probably saw our Volaire Creative section, and that's basically a, a section I opened up just for our translators to have fun, uh, what, whatever they want to talk about. We do have a blogger on the staff, so she writes all the relationship articles, and she's actually been wondering if she should start a Dear Grace type <laughs> column lately, and then just really for people to drop in whenever. We've had a couple articles on learning Chinese, and I actually want to write a couple about some translating quirks and best. Habits as well, so it. I guess it also reflects the quirky nature of Valer. We're not just straight up, you know, translate, 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 and push those chapters out. We like to share our other thoughts and have our readers get to know us as a person as well. Engage with the community,、mm-hmm. and、so、what's the feedback like from your readers? I I think actually that's one of the funnest parts of translating. We get a lot of feedback from our readers. So since we publish on a chapter by chapter basis, you have an area for comments after that chapter. So、uh, the readers, you know, maybe they speculate or they join in with a translator on hating this new villain or they cheer for the good guy. It's a lot of fun. And actually, one of the novels I do,、uh, it's called Doomed to Be Cannon Fodder. I love the comment section. They are a riot. The, all my readers, they're writing. Fanfics, or they're writing screenplays based on what just happened in the chapter, or they're modifying lyrics. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Any funny stories from your company or from your journey? I guess something that just happened a few weeks ago comes to mind. It kind of ties into my pride as a translator as well. So I actually wrote an announcement, just kind of hyping up our recent releases that are to come. So you know, novels and any special moves that we're making. So I wrote sneak peek into Volaire's upcoming moves, and I. Wrote this huge long post. I'm so proud of it. I'm so excited. I hit post and then I run off to get ready for bed. And I come back and I realize, oh hey, the comments have exploded. That's great. And then I scroll down through the comments. I'm like, wait, why are people posting in comics and stuff? I don't get this. It's just an announcement. So I realize that you now sneak peek. Usually the word peek, p e e k, as you're peeking ahead. I accidentally wrote sneak peek. P E A K, so the peak of a mountain, and everyone was making fun of me for that. Oh, a crafty mountain is coming around, hey! And I was just <laughs> thinking, oh my gosh! And I call myself a translator, and I work with words every day. And、uh, what's funny is that my marketing person actually didn't catch it either. So we'd already sent full-on social media blasts with a sneaky mountain. <laughs> so、right. that was a lot of fun.、Uh, good thing it was mostly harmless, but yeah. yeah. I'm sure your readers just yeah just had a good time. Maybe roasting you. Yeah, still、mistake. being roasted it for it in forums and stuff. <laughs> It's all good.、Yeah. So if you do make a mistake on the, on the translations, or if somebody like has a comment on how you translated something, like have you ha- have you ever had to deal with、uh, readers that weren't satisfied with your translations? Absolutely, because the readers that read our work, they. They've had access to a very mature English publishing market growing up, so they're very discerning readers. They're used to certain levels of quality. And then, actually, some of my favorite comments are from readers who say, "Hey, why did you use this word here? Why not this other word?" So I really like having these types of debates and discussion on which word is more appropriate. And so it's not the biggest deal if we do make a mistake. Of course, we strive to put out the best work we can for vol. 
Blaire, at least, are translators. They translate. A lot of them also translation. They translate Czech afterwards, and then an editor goes through their work. So checking for structure and flow and correcting all that, and then the translator goes through their chapter again. So by the time it finally posts, it's been through maybe three, four revisions. So there's that, and then our eventual goal after we finish translating. These serialized web fiction works is that we'll actually put them together in one cohesive format as an ebook and publish it on Amazon or Apple iBooks. So then, before we do that, we'll have a professional copy editor go in and go through the entire novel again. So, what's the process like of translating a story? You mentioned、uh, that you work from 9 a.m. to 1 a.m.、Uh, can you just walk me through like a typical day for yourself? Well. The typical day is there is no typical day. <laughs> you hear that everywhere, but、uh, it's really true. I sadly, I actually spend a lot of time not on translating. It's like, as the more vested you get into the scene, and the more you, the bigger that your company and your site grows, the less time you get to spend on the things that actually drew you to the scene in the first place. So I actually spend a lot of my day answering messages or doing media interviews and just doing more strategic stuff for the site. You know, a lot of running the company. Uh, I think I can spend maybe four, five hours a day translating, and my process is actually really simple. I grab the raws, so we call the Chinese the raw material, the raw source, the raws, and I dump them into a Word doc. And then basically, it's、uh, eyes, brain, hand, eyes, brain, hand. I just read and I translate, read and I translate, and I look things up sometimes, or maybe I go to one of my own books and flip through them, trying to find a certain phrase. But that's that's pretty much how my process is. It's very unglamorous. But I'm still interesting from nine, <laughs> nine to one. So yeah. So what's what's the learning curve been like? The learning curve. It's been. Uh, it's been, I guess, it's been all right for me, purely because I was the hugest bookworm growing up. I have a wall full of books at home, just hundreds and hundreds of titles. So, and just by virtue of reading a lot, you're not the most terrible writer if you do that, <laughs> because you've read a lot and seen a lot of different styles. And so, it's it's been. Good for me.、Uh, my Chinese has definitely improved. I think that's the biggest curve. I think my Chinese might be better than my parents in some regards, especially when I throw out classical Chinese or you know wushabus. They're like, "What? Like, for, forget it, guys. I'll just translate it." <laughs> so、um, I'm that for that part. I've been very grateful to translating for. But otherwise, it's just I guess I don't think much of a curve because it's just fun for me, and it's just been a fun ride. What's been the hardest part of seeing your website grow or your company grow?、Hmm. The hardest part of seeing it grow, I, I guess, it would just be ma- making sure that everything is being taken care of because we run a very lean staff. I'm essentially everything for the site. So whether it's HR or marketing, or thankfully I'm not the tech department. <laughs> My tech guys would hate it if I was a tech department. So I do everything for the site. So it's just making sure that you've got all those moving pieces down. You're taking care of everything. And then I guess at the end of the day, I'm also a more、um, hands-on, warm, fuzzy type of person. So I like to check in with my guys every now and then, just see how they're doing, how's life. I actually just had a conversation with one of my translators last night, just thinking, oh hey, you know, how, how's school, and you know, what are your plans, and how, how's it going? So that that's I guess one of the most difficult parts. Just it's not having enough hours in the day, really. Yeah, and if you could go back and do this all over again, what's one thing that you would do different? 
One thing I would do different. I I think I would get help on the tech side <laughs> faster than I did.、Uh, so at the beginning of last year, so 2016, I switched servers and was setting up a whole new site. And at that time, it was just me and my editor. I hadn't invited anyone to join yet, and my poor editor, it was not a tech guy either. So come New Year's Day, he's setting up the site, but something's going wrong. We can't figure out what. So we stayed up until two, three a.m. for three days in a row. Trying to figure this out, no idea what's going on. Finally, I asked a translator who's also a tech guy to take a look and just help me out, and he fixed it in five seconds. So <laughs> that's definitely something I would do differently. And how about the learning curve of running your company or running the website? That's actually maybe been a little steeper than the translation curve. I think there, though, I can draw on my experience in finance and in consulting. So thankfully, I've been around a lot of companies and seen how they work internally and how they don't work internally. So I've been able to maybe distill some best practices from my past life as a finance and accountant. So that's been that's been thankfully okay. Been lucky. What's the most Useful piece of experience or advice that you that you garnered from the financial industry or from your consulting days that applies to your company now. I think the most useful piece would be honestly just seeing how companies fail and how they run inefficiently. Why do things break down? Where do things break down? It's mostly in communication. I feel so. I've been I've worked in maybe three, four, five different types of big companies, and it's really interesting to see how each. The top management of each company communicates their message and executes on the overall company mission. So,、uh, from that, I just kind of distilled what I liked, what I don't like, and kind of melded that with my more, I guess, casual personality. Because we're really what brings us to the scene is a love for these novels and wanting it to share it with greater readers.、You、don't really want to get bogged down in the admin and you know this other stuff.、You、just really want to keep the focus on what brought us here. So that's. What I've been able to glean most from my past experiences. Is there anything? Else? Oh,、uh, what are your future expansion plans? So something I really like to do in the future is I actually do a lot of translation work myself for Taiwanese game studios. It's actually I think it's a recent development these days where a lot of、uh, young folks, whether out of college or grad school, or did they just get together and start their own little studio and put together indie game, or they work together with larger Taiwanese game corporations. So I've actually translated a couple of them. You can find them on the site actually, and I'm looking to bring my team. Into doing more of those in the future, so more games, and then just more, I guess, content as a whole. One of the largest reasons why I like translating is because I feel that there's a lot of great and really rich material in Chinese culture, and it's a it's really a shame that not more of the world is seeing it. So I'd really like to bring that and share that with the rest of the world. So it's a lot more interesting content or other media that you'll see from us in the future. Okay. And you're also going to、uh, have original content, right? That's right. Yeah.、Uh, so it's something we're going to expand into later this year. It's still focused on, say, Chinese wuxia and fantasy and that sort of thing. But we're also looking at expanding into original content. How is it like working with the game studios here? It's actually. It's really. I think it's a really humbling experience. I used the word young guys before, not to date myself as an old fart, but it's really my first game that I translated. It was. 
completely designed by a girl who was still in college. She'd worked on it for three years, and it was the most amazing, I guess, intricate game I've ever really seen、uh, for an indie game. It was based on Goethe's Faust, so it's very philosophical, and it's based on a German opera. And so there's a lot of exactly the development of the game ties in a lot of the opera and a lot of philosophical elements. And she also drew all the artwork for the game, so it was just amazing. All of this from a girl who was about twenty, twenty-one years old, and I was thinking, what was I doing at that age? Not developing a game, who which later went to win awards at international、uh, indie game conventions, and she's also put out, I think, a Japanese version of the game as well. So it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's just the sheer talent that the Taiwanese young game developers have. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to talk about? I guess maybe one thing I would say is that、uh, we've been talking about, say, web novels, so novels and books for a while, but. The web novel industry is actually the driving force behind a lot of other industries in Asia as well. So a lot of them are actually adapted to dramas and movies. And I guess some of the most recent ones that are airing right now, say Princess Agents、uh, or Scarlet Heart or Princess Weiyang, they they were all from novel to drama adaptations. And they're also adapted to games, or whether online or PC, mobile. So there's a lot of the world of material that's derived from web novels. Do you kind of see a trend from printed novels to、uh, like the printed novels migrating onto onto websites? Great question. I. Don't actually see that because this is quite, kind of a unique phenomenon in China because they don't really have, say, an established mature publishing industry like we do in the West. So a lot of that has developed online for them just because it's it's fast, it's easy, costs are low. So. I think it's something I really find unique to China. Whereas, you know, in the states we have these big publishing houses: Random House, Bain Books, Scholastic, Penguin. So it's a completely different market. It's completely different dynamics there. That was my conversation with Etvo of Valer Novels. Thanks for listening to this week's Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis.